everybody. Coming up on the Matt Townsend Show today, are you expecting too much from your marriage? Or should you just expect more from your marriage? How your unrealistic expectations may be ruining your relationship with your partner. We're talking about it after the news with Sam McCall. This is Sam McCall for BYU Radio News. United Nations inspectors in Syria have been fired upon by snipers while en route to investigate areas which may have been hit by chemical weapons. Syrian regime President Bashir Assad continues to deny the claims, but the U.N. investigators have now arrived in the area to help determine what actually happened. U.S. Secretary of State John Kerry says the situation in Syria is the most serious issue facing the international community today. The possible use of chemical weapons against civilian targets goes far beyond the Syrian conflict, according to Kerry. While the State Department focuses on Syria, the United Nations is also looking into new reports which claim the NSA bugged its New York headquarters. The reports come from leaked documents obtained thanks to Edward Snowden, and U.N. officials say they are in touch with relevant authorities. As he continues to leak information about the NSA, Edward Snowden is back in Moscow today after almost boarding a flight for Cuba. Cuban authorities reportedly decided to stop Snowden from coming in response to pressure from the U.S., where he is wanted on espionage charges. The massive wildfire near Yosemite National Park in California has now grown to the 15th largest fire in the state's history. Over 130,000 acres have been burned by the blaze, which fire crews have only managed to get to 7% contained so far. Graduating college seniors may have to deal with another hurdle before graduation this year as a new standardized test is being implemented. The test is meant to help employers compare the abilities of graduates from different schools. New Jersey officials announced plans to build a storm-resilient grid for the state's transit system today. Supporters of the project say it's important to build smart as the state continues to rebuild after Superstorm Sandy. That's the news to the top of the hour. For BYU Radio, I'm Sam McCall. Good afternoon, everybody. Welcome to the Matt Townsend Show. I'm your host, Dr. Matt Townsend, your relationship coach, your guide on the side. We got a brand new show for you today, and guess what? Guess who's back? Guess who's back? The cute, the sassy, the great... Thanks, Matt. Nope, not you, Bryce. Not oh, okay. you. No, no. Skyboy! Did you just call me sexy? Did I say sexy? I don't think sexy. That? I think no, sassy. I sassy. Oh, damn sassy. I would not call you that. I think you meant to say sexy. I don't know. I'm pretty sure I didn't right. mean to call you that. <laughs> Welcome back. Thank you. Where have you been? Uh, have you heard of Iowa? No. Go Tell me about it. It's a state. Is it in Hawaii? Uh, no, it's actually in the Midwest of the United States. Really? To draw a picture of it, you just get a blank sheet of paper, grab a pencil, draw one flat line, and you're there. Really? It's not as flat as everyone thinks. Yeah. Nebraska's pretty flat. Yeah, no, Nebraska's flat. And I think... I think people then, you know. Yeah. I've got a lot of There's, pride in the hills You've got of hills. Iowa. There's We've hills. We've got some hills. Yeah. yeah. How many hills are there in Iowa? You know, I can't even count on both hands. Really? So there's, so there's more, more than, than 10. 10. There's 11. More than 10. <laughs> 11 hills of Iowa. So what'd you do at home? Honestly, not a lot. My parents and my brother are in China slash Taiwan. Ooh. And so they had been. My, my brother's in China and Taiwan for the next six months. And my parents went out there because my dad had a little speech to give. And okay. so they hung out with my brother. And so my sisters were left home alone and unsupervised. And so they couldn't, what, they 
They wanted me they to go there. You? Yeah, mainly because my little sister's dating a guy, and they didn't they, want oh, her unsupervised. They they she's considered you supervision. <laughs> yeah, they did. Do your parents know That's you? The, it's like the first promotion I've gotten in my life. But they, your parents were desperate. What yeah. did uh, grandma couldn't come up? Grandma couldn't come. No aunts or uncles. But they know you, right? Your, yeah. your parents know well, you. Well, they, they hired someone else to check in every day. Oh, okay. So I wasn't Like an myself. adult. Yeah, an adult. So <laughs> Because you don't strike me as like the the great babysitter. I mean, I think you're a great guy. I just don't know supervision with, with would be adult the word. supervision, I'm a pretty good baby, uh, babysitter. Babysitter. Yeah. So with, some, with a real babysitter. With a real babysitter, I can. That checks in. You can. And, and delegates mm-hmm. tasks for me to do. Did you make dinner for the family? A couple times. Let's yeah. hear about that for a minute. <laughs> what, what did you? What did you the make? Best, the, kids? the best thing I made is uh, they had they had this thing. It's called Naomi's Kitchen, and it's like is it a restaurant? No, it's like you get your your food in a little bag, and then uh-huh. like put it all together. Yeah, it's no, a no, restaurant, but, it's, but then you have to just I, put, I put it in put the it, microwave. No, crock pot. Okay. Crock pot. Yeah. So it's French dip crock pot. Ooh. And I did corn on the cob. I steamed some corn on the cob. So you basically followed the directions from a restaurant that pre-made your food and pre-packaged <laughs> it, and you just needed to warm it up. Yeah, that's the first time I've ever used a crock pot, though. I so. wouldn't call that cooking, just so you know. <laughs> hey, I cooked the I cooked the corn. You did the corn cook, but yeah. you're from Iowa, so that's like it's actually that's the first time natural. I've ever cooked corn. Also. Really? <laughs> How does crock pot not qualify as cooking? Because yeah. I think that's some pretty advanced stuff there. No. You have to plan like six to eight hours ahead. It's high tech. Well, so that makes you a great shopper. I didn't, I didn't people, buy it. Crock potters are great shoppers. I found it in the freezer and realized <laughs> that if we wanted to have this by dinner, I had to start now. Yeah, that's so. not cooking. <laughs> so did you – you just poured it all into the big pot and then you put the lid on and plugged you it in. You had to put some water in there also. Oh, and some water. <laughs> now, water it was the water in the instructions? Yeah. Okay. <laughs> if I made spaghetti, yeah. is that cooking? Uh, yeah. How long does it take to cook spaghetti? About 45 minutes. How long did Cooks the crock spaghetti. pot? Six to eight, eight hours. hours. minutes to boil spaghetti. I did it yesterday. Six to eight hours of crock pot. Yeah, that sounds like sixty times the amount of cooking. Okay, let's exactly. just let's get into this. Did you while you were cooking, you were probably I'm sure not I was standing. Clean, I there. was cleaning the kitchen actually. There was a lot of, of I cleaned the kitchen a lot. How did you make a mess? My sisters make the mess. I cleaned the kitchen. They came back yeah. from school and immediately within forty five minutes it was a wreck. Again. How old are your sisters? Twelve and seventeen. And you were babysitting them. I was baby. I didn't have to, except for the fact that the seventeen-year-old has a boyfriend. She has a boyfriend. A little. If honey. she wasn't dating him, I wouldn't have had to go out there. But they wanted some kind of supervision for that. Some kind. I noticed you're qualifying <laughs> it now. Some kind, because it was some kind of supervision. <laughs> there was it, some something. There going was on. something going on. Did um, Did you use all your relationship skills that we've been teaching you on the show daily? To- to parent. Yeah, I just – I actually – when they came home, I just sat them in front of the computer and played old shows of yours. And, Did you really? Yeah. Wow. Again, neglectful because you could have <laughs> just talked to them and walked them through it. I didn't know that's what, what your show was for. I thought it was – Yeah, we're here to bring well, you solutions. Hey, now that you've been Mr. Mom, okay. do you are you excited to get married and be Mr. Mom now? I don't think I want to be Mr. Mom in my – future really? marriage. I don't think I want that. So this you're you've been dissuaded. Yes. You don't want I don't want to be if I don't want to be the mom. If I'll be the dad and do the dad stuff, but I was doing a lot of the mom stuff. Well, what's the difference? Cuz my wife says there's no difference. Okay. There <laughs> You just I'll, walked into a I'll, trap. I'll give the shout out to all the moms. It's a 24/7. It's horrible. Yeah, it's It's hard. It's hard. There's well, no breaks. If you're like me, prior to discovering the crock pot, 
I had no intention of ever marrying. <laughs> and then I learned that there's this wonderful device that you can put they, anything in there, and the it's crop tender pot, and the crock delicious. Pot converted and you it to get feeds married. a family of five. And after that, I said, "All right, you guys, let's do this thing." The, the crockpot is simple. Find some sort of grain. It could be noodles. It could be rice. It could be potatoes, which I don't think is a grain. Anyway, point is, you find that, and you get some sort of meat-ish some meat-ish product, protein, protein, and then and then you get. Uh, some sauce like ketchup Any or fluidy barbecue sauce. sauce. Pour yeah. that in there. Throw some water in. Six hours later, you've got something resembling. It's, you a know meal. what it is? It's like a magic box, oval. I would say time machine. It's like a time machine. You just add a few, I guess, grains, proteins, and sauces, and boom, set it for six hours later. Come back, and then you have Happyville. All I'm hearing is cooking. That's all I'm hearing from you. Yeah. Sounds exactly like cooking to me, which is what I did. <laughs> it's not cooking. We've come, yeah, it's, there's the difference between cooking and food assemblage. <laughs> yeah, that's a great way. Food assemblage. You know what? Yeah, Same thing. great thing. <laughs> that's a great thing. Just because you uh, went to a buffet and um, made uh, a salad off a salad bar, you didn't cook. Okay, if the food you assembled a salad. Here's the rule of thumb: if you eat the food and it, from start to finish, the food was hot. You didn't cook it. That's called going out to eat or somebody making you dinner. Okay. Technically, if the food was cold and then you it got hotter by the time you ate it, that's cooking. No, <laughs> that is a how is no. that not? Okay, that's Merit. called the microwave. That's a microwave. That is if it was pre-sorted, <laughs> pre-seasoned, pre-created, and all you did was thaw—not even thaw—you just had to shake it out of a frozen bag. <laughs> then I cooked it. That's not cooking. What about the corn? Yeah, back you, to the you corn. The corn. We'll give corn. you the corn yeah. for cooking. It was hotter when it was done. <laughs> it was. Did you shuck the corn? I shucked the okay, corn. Okay, then you. Then I, I like. Then you're legit. All the stringy. The things little yeah. 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 See, Merritt knows. You're, you guys trust Merritt. She watches cooking shows. She I cooks. Hate cooking shows. She's a chef virtually. Virtually a you, chef. If you're just you're not a chef. You're an assembly person. What do we call it? Assembler. A food assembler. You're a food assembler. Well, we ate, we were fed, and we enjoyed it. So I okay. think my task got accomplished. That was great. That was great. <laughs> Thank you. That's messed up. Isn't that cute? He goes, he not baby. You babysat. That was baby. That was sitting. Yeah, I was sitting. You they were babysitting. They babies. They're not babies. But you were just teenager sitting. sitting. Teen, teen sitting. I think yeah. is more difficult. Oh, Be- for sure. Yeah, but see, also not really. As a parent of teens, I don't care. Whatever. <laughs> Are you home? Great. <laughs> Lock the door. That's my life. That's probably why you have a wife. That probably is. Yeah. She probably does a lot of that stuff you don't care about. And that's yeah. why you don't care about it. Well, actually, no. But, like, she goes to bed. Like, she's tired. And I'll be up, and they'll come home. But whatever. I don't, like, check his breath. <laughs> whatever. He's just, yeah, it's different. Now, the 10-year-old, I got to get him to brush your teeth. Brush your teeth. That's gross. Whatever's growing on the front of your teeth is gross. Brush your teeth. Those might be braces. Oh, he did get braces. <laughs> But so from the 13-year-old down, I really worry. From the, the older ones, I'm like, whatever. I'm too tired for you. So I get your – well, you have a 12-year-old, a 13-year-old, and a 17-year-old. Is that what it was? 12. She turns 13 in like a month. So yeah. A month so I'd worry about her. Yeah. And I'd worry about the 17-year-old with a boyfriend. The 17-year-old was more difficult. Yeah. They always are. Yeah. Because they think they know. They think they know. But they don't. They don't. Sounds hard. 
Welcome to my world. Yeah. Isn't it great? Yeah. You assemble. I don't assemble. I cook. <laughs> I actually I, cook stuff. I cut I, it up uh, and I cook. I don't know if I believe that. I do. Well, I only you should know bring, how to make You should bring things. us some leftovers sometimes. I actually have leftovers. I will. All right. But then I don't, I'm not here to feed you. I'm not your mother. It could just be a, a little extra bonus, a little service you can do. I should try. Not really. So guess what today's show's about, by the way? You told me. What? Marriage. Mowage. Mowage. It's what brings us together today. Marriage is what we're talking about, but not just marriage. We're talking about unrealistic expectations in our marriage. Like you, you're, like your parents had real <laughs> unrealistic expectations that you were going to perform. They, it was unrealistic. And I think I exceeded their expectations. I think you did too. I mean, <laughs> you assembled correctly. You assembled food. So that was good, right? Yes. Okay. Marriage. It's a good thing. It does your body good. Today we're talking unrealistic expectations. Our own Merritt Meekham's been researching this profoundly. Profoundly. What have you learned, Merritt? Okay. Here's an interesting one. I think unrealistic unrealistic expectations, like that I can speak correctly, they start a lot younger. So, you know, you're kind of indoctrinated. Yeah. When I was a little girl, I watched Cinderella kind of ad nauseum. Oh, it was yeah. the best. Yeah. She had the best dress. Oh, I mean, she best dress. By far. Princess. Most girls I talk to like Belle the most. I know. They're oh. Because she's like, <laughs> she's like a nerd and holds her own. Yeah, she's not just know, a ditzy blonde. The romantic song at the end of Cinderella is way better than most. Hold on. Isn't like, it creepy that we find um, cartoons cuter than other cartoons? Like, isn't that kind of creepy? Just a representation of reality. <laughs> Yeah. And then they have the actual ones that represent them at Disney World and Disneyland. Yeah. yeah those so. are creepy. Now that gets creepy. <laughs> yeah, it gets really Come weird. here, little lady. <laughs> Hi, are you Belle? You're my favorite. Um, okay, so what did you anyway. you had favorites as a kid. You had these ideas oh, that you yeah. learned from Cinderella. Yeah. Like what? From that, Cinderella that I learned. Um, there were some good things, like if I was a very nice person, then Men good. would be interested in me. They'd like, yeah. Because yeah. so men a good, good like one. only good people. Yeah, definitely. Okay. <laughs> no, and then, As a guy, I cannot support that statement. <laughs> I'm sorry. That may yeah. be an unrealistic well, that's probably good. Because in I don't a fairy tale. But that's what we want our little girls to believe yeah. when they're young is just find the good guy. But there's see, a prince. Yeah. There's always a prince. There's the and one. See, that's another thing. So the other like, so I also grew up, you know, everyone's a princess. Yeah. We're told that. Yeah. Quite often. Prin- yeah. Little princess. My mm-hmm. grandpa called me princess. We called like Skyboy princess. <laughs> yeah. I mean, we're all calling everybody princess. But what happens is that you think you're kind of entitled to that princess lifestyle yeah. that kind of manifests itself in different ways. One way is in the wedding, which always scares me. Tell There's me so many it. reality shows with yeah. weddings. I just had a wedding in my family. My yeah. daughter just got married. Yeah. My Do you feel like a princess? There it was. Uh, Mowage. Yeah. yeah. She thought she was a princess. Yeah. Well- Apparently, that's kind of expensive. Oh, yeah. I think you might know something about that. Yeah. But statistics. Let's hear it. They what is say. It? What is it? Estimated average cost of a wedding ranges from 19000 to $30,000. Average. Can we, can we just put that in perspective? What else can we get for nineteen dollars to $30,000? A compact an, car. Yeah, yeah. You can get an okay car to a pretty good car. You can I get 30000 cheeseburgers from McDonald's. My two-year mission that I served for the LDS Church cost $10,000. So two years of living as a missionary, serving and changing the world, 10 grand. 10 grand. One night. I could do three of those for the cost of some weddings. Yeah. 
Yeah. That's ridiculous. I bet your parents would pay 30 grand to get you married. <laughs> <laughs> I'd, pay, oh, I'd pay 30 grand to get me married, but that's not how the process works. But see, it's 30 grand and put it in perspective for a night. Yeah, it doesn't need to cost 30 grand no. to get no. married. That's crazy. Dresses are like three to five grand, ten grand. It's yeah, stupid. Depending for a on night, like, for a one-time yeah. thing that you'll never wear again. But see, this thing is that women like to think that they're not as they don't believe in these romantic fantasies as much. But there have been some studies that have shown that they? women will consciously not subscribe to yeah. these fantasies, yeah. but subconsciously they'll endorse a lot of romantic fantasies. Which, as a female. Is I think kind of like it's kind of sadly true because I'll say like, oh, that's silly. But then I'll watch a chick flick and I'm like, my heart is melted totally. and I want that to happen to me. So isn't yeah. that interesting? See, I think that's why guys have an aversion to chick flicks. No, no, hold on, hold on, hold on. <laughs> hold on. The guy chick flick yeah. is the romantic comedy. I don't know if you've ever put those two, two and two together right there. Ooh, because it's the guy chick flick is when it's a romantic comedy. Like it's a romantic comedy. So we throw in some awkward situations and something funny because that's that makes it okay for dudes to watch, but yeah. they're identical. Do you know what I think the most romantic show on all earth was? Rambo. Gum, oh. Rambo. I was going to say Gone with the Wind. I don't but. know what it was, but <laughs> not Gone with the Wind. That kind of ends badly. Like. Rambo. Actually, actually, if you ever want something realistic, what happens to spoiled people, watch Gone with the Wind. <laughs> Isn't So these romantic fantasies, you're saying the ladies say they, they, they think consciously that they're not like that gullible in that. Yeah. But it's subconsciously they buy in. Okay. Yeah. But guys do the same thing. Do they? Yeah. Give so me an example. So wouldn't you think that – so a guy gets married and even if they'd been dating really seriously beforehand uh-huh. – once they get married, they kind of expect the women to do what their mom maybe did. Oh, yeah. While they were growing up. Like so the laundry. Maybe, like stay at home, do their laundry, make their food, clean the oh, house. Oh, yeah. But, you know, That's that, not things have changed. And- That's almost me like being the wicked stepmother, making <laughs> Cinderella do all the work. Hmm. I could see you being a wicked stepmother. <laughs> that, that I don't know what that means. <laughs> okay, I got one for you. Does anybody find it creepy that when all of these princesses are asleep – some dude comes in kissing on him. Yeah, I find that creepy. For, Has anybody yeah. like thought about that? Like that's creepy. That's that probably is really yeah. Creepy. Sleeping Beauty was terrifying. I like I never don't quite be kissing understood. on someone that's asleep that no. you don't know. You just don't walk in and kiss. Didn't didn't they do that in Snow White also? Yeah. Was there like a rule that said you have to kiss her and she'll wake up, or did they, that well, was that just was their instinct? The that was their spell. well. How did he know this? How did he spell? know that someone would break the spell? I, I is don't that know. just something, Princess? See, that's an illusion. That's <laughs> another expectation. Is that like in the list of like, okay, yeah, girl won't wake up. We could, tr- you know, shake her. We yeah. could pour shake water her. on her. Defibrillator. Could, yeah, right. We could <laughs> CPR. You know, give her CPR or it was CPR. Kiss her on the lips. Oh, it was a very <laughs> primitive form. They didn't know what to call it, so oh, you must be kissing on her. It's awkward. No, <laughs> it's totally messed. It up. was the precursor to the uh, Sting song. I'll be watching you, you know, while you. Isn't there yeah. a Sting song where the guy's watching the girl while yeah. she sleeps, and that's creepy too. So that's it. Just it was the 1940s. No, but this is and, what it is. It really, and we'll have to take a break. But this, it was. It's about the idea that, of course, the prince knows what she wants, because if you love her, of course he knows. That's another weird expectation in our relationships. And, of course, all he has to do is kiss her, and then he's Well, won. by the way, who no, who <laughs> doubts that a good kiss won't get rid of everything? I mean, sure, we fight and we can't stand each other, but let's just kiss. Shut your mouth, quit yapping, and let's kiss. Hmm? I'm just saying. Just my idea. We're talking uh, marriage mowage. 
And we're talking about how kind of unrealistic expectations might be killing your relationship. We've got some great experts coming on to join us and a little bit of a, uh, I guess, a brainstorm from our team. And Rob has put together some great tools for us on bad dating profiles. This is the Matt Townsend Show right here on BYU Radio. Inventive fishermen create ways to save marine life, reduce waste, and keep the oceans alive. This is Innovation Now, bringing you stories of revolutionary ideas, emerging technologies, and the people behind the concepts that shape the future. This is no fish story. Well, actually it is. Three winners split over $57,000 in prize money for their inventions to protect marine life in the latest edition of the World Wildlife Fund's International Smart Gear Competition. The prize money was presented by the National Oceanographic and Atmospheric Administration to help promote saving seabirds, turtles, and marine life from accidental capture, and the contest is revolutionizing the fishing industry. The top winner was a new way to sink commercial hook lines deep enough so they can't snag seabirds on the surface. It's reduced that problem by 89% in one year. A runner-up winner is a lighting system on gill nets, which helps turtles avoid drowning. And for sport fishermen, a tool called Sequelizer helps to safely return unwanted catches to very deep water without stressing the fish. A fish's means of regulating depth is disrupted when brought up from 300 feet to the surface, something like when a diver gets the bends. The Sequelizer carries the fish down to their home depth, automatically releasing them once they can swim on their own again. For Innovation Now, this is Buddy Rubino. Innovation Now is produced by the National Institute of Aerospace through collaboration with NASA and is distributed by WHRV. Visit us online at innovationnow.us. Did you leave BYU without a degree? I'm thankful for the Bachelor of General Studies program because as I chose the life that I wanted to live, being a full-time mom, staying at home, and raising my children, it just gave me hope that I could still finish my goal, but at the same time I could still be fulfilling my responsibilities as a wife and a mother while still being able to take university courses. Go online to bgs.byu.edu to see if you qualify to finish at home what you started at BYU, Bachelor of General Studies. Welcome back, friends, to the Matt Townsend Show. Today we're talking about marriage, marriage, and unrealistic expectations. Maybe a lot of us have some unrealistic expectations in our relationships that could be possibly impeding some of our understanding, our growth. Our own uh, Colonel Rob Sanders has put together some ideas about maybe even unrealistic dating. Yeah, well, a lot of people, I think, take, take for instance, an online dating site, yeah. but it's uh, eBay. So it's like, Is I'm tired of not having a girlfriend. So you go on, you know, match.com and you peruse through and then you pick the one you want and then you send a letter like, hey, let's, let's be boyfriend, girlfriend. Yeah. And me like you, you like me, yeah, we get married. And there's all kinds of fun stuff here. You printed off the internet here of uh, people who felt like they could do whatever they wanted. Oh, because they had these they, expectations. They that, yeah. Because they tell you to be yourself, right? Just be yourself. Just be yourself. Oh, boy. So what they, I love this. This is off OkCupid okay where they tell you what percentage uh, match you are with oh, the person. Oh, really? You're 0% match. Some people. <laughs> Sorry, you have no chance of making this work. 96% chance of being an enemy. Now, the, the question the site asks for your profile, the first thing people usually notice about me is ninja sword. So this is something 
you're trying to say, hey, if you want a date, don't come first with the ninja sword. Oh, man. Um, you should message me if you know that fluoride is really a, a toxic industrial waste. NutraSweet and MSG are suspected neurotoxins, but he spelled oh, them wrong. Uh, you are not a sleepwalker. You know what chemtrails are. <laughs> so this is probably a chemist uh, that's looking for love. Oh, yeah. This guy uh, looks like he's about uh, 50 years old. You know, Looking for love in all the wrong places. Uh, let's see. Oh, you uh, Typically – Online, it's just like in real life. Guys initiate the first email. Yeah, That's which, just, by just, the way, is that an unrealistic works. expectation? I don't think it so. It seems like, hey, ladies, oh, initiate. It's, it's hilarious to see people go online and say, oh, so if a guy, I've had an OkCupid account or a Match account for uh, six months and no girls have written me. Well, that's not how it works, yeah. you know. I'm still uh, not married. <laughs> um, so – Trying to find something to say to the girl, he, she sees she travels a lot. So the guy writes, I think you should work for United Nation. You love to travel pretty much, and I think you love to help people too. What do you think? Question mark. Smiley oh, face. Oh, man. I think he needs to English. I think he never get married. <laughs> I think he'd be single his whole life. Isn't well, that? <laughs> he's tell- I mean, 10 points for trying. Yeah. Right. A for effort. But – don't tell me what I think, and then don't ask me after if I think what you told me I think. What expectation did this guy have when he wrote this? This is on his profile. I have only one friend, and he say about me that I is a gentleman person, hardworking, faithful, good-looking, and dot, 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 dot. And what I am in my point of view, I like traveling, and I want to go all over the world. Mm, like music, I am oh, very boy. much – and then he shifts into some other language. Skyboy, you have to write more clearly. <laughs> if you want to catch the lady, you can't have a run-on sentence like that. I was never good at the whole English. Was writing. that yours? Yeah, that one's mine. I nailed it. I guessed. See, I guessed that. Keep online dating on online dating and networking on LinkedIn. Here's a guy on an online dating site. Sorry, I know this is a really bizarre question, but do you think you could give me a shout-out if any editorial positions are available over at AOL? So he's mixing his networking. <laughs> I need a job site. the girl works there. Oh, man. Um, message to a girl. Here's a great icebreaker. Okay, so let's say you're taking me out for sushi and – for one reason or another, I'm starving. And you just got back from the gym and still need to get ready. How long does it take for you to get ready if, A, 30 minutes, you look hot and I can't keep my hands off you, B, 15 minutes and you look cute, or C, 45 minutes and I die of starvation, wink? <laughs> I, have one, I have one primary issue with that. Is he, named, he named two factors – that that he could set at three different levels, but he only gave you three. Like there's six choices. In okay, there. you're overthinking this. That <laughs> just missed what, fundamentally. That just missed. what girl would respond to this? Well, what's he expecting? I'm, apparently, no one's responding. <laughs> but that's, I guess, the problem is they're expecting to like have no skills, no game, no idea, no clue, no sensitivity, and yet they expect that because you're on an online dating site, boom, you're going to get a girl. eBay. It's, so this is the kind of stuff when you write it, you're writing an eBay seller. Well, but even eBay's more technical than that. <laughs> so it's it's actually, I mean, maybe I don't know. eBay, you got to set the the high price, the low price, yeah. and the buyout. And this, they're all their setting is just. This the low is price. more like buy your wife, you know, 
in a Russian market. I am a very straight person, unmarried and looking for someone to get married with. And that's all I can say right now. For me, it hardly matters if you are a divorcee also. All in capital letters. It hardly matters. They all sound like robots. That doesn't. Well, I think that's just Rob's presentation. (laughs) Rob's not pulling off the sensitive online. Okay. Expectations in our relationships. Apparently, if we're dating, expecting that, you know, the ladies are just going to love us because I'm I'm winking at them online. That's probably a pretty far. That's a bridge too far. Uh, And then we get married. Right. So we finally find the right person. How do we make sure that our expectations are realistic? How do we not get too carried away in thinking things like, hey, if you loved me, you'd automatically understand me. That's not real. We're talking about it. uh, Unrealistic expectations in marriage. This is the Matt Townsend Show. We'll be back with our expert, Dr. Nancy Buck, right after this break, right here on Sirius XM 143 BYU Radio. On Talkworthy, host Kim Power Stilson chats with experts about topics of interest. And it seems like everyone learns something new. Yeah, and I think that was interesting, too, because there are some, there were some courses in Scotland when I visited that did not allow women golfers, but not no longer. Really? Yeah. See, I came down to the show to learn more about it than you did. Yeah. <laughs> Talk Worthy airs weekdays at 3 p.m. Eastern here on BYU Radio. Talk about good. This is Sam McCall for BYU Radio News. While en route to investigate the possible use of chemical weapons in Syria, United Nations inspectors were fired upon by unknown snipers. Meanwhile, Syrian regime President Bashir Assad continues to deny the claims against him, saying he would not authorize such devastating attacks in areas where his own troops could be. U.S. Secretary of State John Kerry laid the groundwork for a potential military response in Syria today, saying there is nothing more serious facing the U.S. and the international community than the possible use of chemical weapons by Syrian forces. Kerry also warned President Obama feels those who would use such weapons must be held accountable. While the State Department focuses on Syria, the United Nations is also looking into new reports which claim the NSA bugged its New York headquarters. The reports come from leaked documents obtained thanks to Edward Snowden, and U.N. officials say they are in touch with relevant authorities. As he continues to leak information about the NSA, Edward Snowden found himself stuck in Moscow today after almost being allowed to board a flight to Cuba. Due to pressure from U.S. authorities, Cuban leaders decided at the last minute to block Snowden from coming. The massive wildfire near Yosemite National Park in California has now grown to to the 15th largest fire in the state's history. Over 130,000 acres have been burned by the blaze, which fire crews have only managed to get to 7% contained so far. Graduating college seniors may have to deal with another hurdle before graduation this year as a new standardized test is being implemented. The test is meant to help employers compare the abilities of graduates from different schools. New Jersey officials announced plans to build a storm-resilient grid for the state's transit system today. Supporters of the project say it's important to build smart as the state continues to recover from Superstorm Sandy. That's the news to half past the hour. For BYU Radio, I'm Sam McCall. Welcome back, everybody, to the Matt Townsend Show. I'm your host, Dr. Matt Townsend, your relationship coach, 
your guide on the side. We do what we can on this program to give you the tools you need, hopefully to make life a little bit easier. Today we're talking about unrealistic expectations. I think really all relationships, uh, you can foster some unrealistic expectations. We heard about it in dating online a few minutes ago from Colonel Rob Sanders. Also, we see it in our own marriages. Unrealistic, unrealistic expectations. Our own Skyboy had unrealistic expectations as he was tending his, not tending, just lovingly watching over his uh, sisters. Right, Skyboy? Yes. Keyword, lovingly. Yeah. I just threw that in there. I'm not sure lovingly. I think I'm not sure you were paying as as much attention as you think you were. I think I was doing a pretty good job. Were you? Yeah. Because apparently you were cooking and so busy. Yeah. And cleaning the kitchen. And cleaning up after those <laughs> crazy kids. See, but you had an expectation that it would be easier, didn't you? I had an expectation that it would be more fun being Where home. did you get that idea? <laughs> Well, just because I was going to be home, you know? Yeah. Usually when I go home, I have a little bit more fun. That's true. But, uh, but usually when you're there, your mom's there. I was I was really tired the whole time. Well, you know why? Because my mom wasn't there. Because you were being and your was, mom. I That's why mom. moms are tired, Sky. I, I understand that now. Do you get that? I get it. That's why when, you're, that's why when your mom sees you coming, she's like, hi, what do you need? And you're like, hi, mom, just saying hi. And she's like, okay, I'll do your laundry. And she does it. Yeah. It's because she loves you. Yeah. But now you know what it feels like to be an exhausted mother of six, five. Well, just two. Two. For me. Two. For you. Well, good. I'm glad you're learning. That's why we're doing the show, folks. We're here to help you get some uh, real, uh, realistic expectations. Maybe see if we can't move you from the unrealistic to the realistic. We'd love to have your calls today. What are um, some unrealistic expectations you've seen in your marriage or that you've seen as a parent, uh, what are some things that you think we all kind of buy into? And then when we get there, the game kind of changes. And, and you know, what are some assumptions we make? I'd love to hear your questions or your comments on that. one chat byu one chat byu We're taking your calls throughout the show. Also, we're going to be bringing on a wonderful guest named Nancy Buck, Ph.D., She's a development psychologist, educator, a registered nurse, and she's got some wonderful ideas as well about these unrealistic expectations. So you can have questions for her. If you have a question about how to manage some unrealistic expectations or how to change the expectation, give us a call, 1-855-CHAT-BYU. Again, if we get you on the line, we will give you a book from one of our past guests uh, guests from the show. We'll give you a copy of one of their books. We'll let you even pick the topic you want. This is the Matt Townsend Show, one 855 chat BYU. Let's go visit our guest now. Nancy Buck is joining us. She's a developmental psychologist, educator, and a registered nurse. She has a PhD in developmental psychology. She's an expert in children's motivation and behavior. She's a parenting coach, founder of the Peaceful Parenting, Inc. Also, Nancy uh, is a wonderful, well-known blogger for the uh, magazine Psychology Today and the author of a recently published book, How to Be a Great Parent, and also the book Peaceful Parenting. So, Nancy, welcome to the Matt Townsend Show. I'm happy to be with you, Matt. So good to have you. Your um, your ability to just kind of jump in and 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 enlighten us on some of these things, especially <laughs> relationships, because one of the big expectations that I think is so unrealistic is this is this one. Tell me how you feel about this one. R- really good relationships shouldn't be this hard. <laughs> yeah, that's a dream. <laughs> that's a total dream, don't you think? <laughs> 
Yeah, I do. Um, actually, one of my mentors um, recommended to have no expectations, Ooh. which um, which is so, uh, you know, I, I, I think to myself that's um, an ideal, yeah. perhaps, to strive for. Um, but I've never been able to succeed at it. Yeah. I mean, I, you um, almost have to have an expectation. But then if you ever ask somebody to kind of be realistic about their expectations. I have a lot of people that get mad at me. So let's say, for example, you have a husband that 20 years into it still doesn't um, communicate a lot or doesn't communicate Uh very well. I, I look at the person, their spouse, and I'm like, well, I guess, you know, 20 years into this, we could just lower our expectation that they're gonna talk to you a lot, or we could just keep trying like we have for the last 20 years to get them to pick up their game. But when I suggest they lower their expectation, they really get mad at me. Like, why shouldn't he just pick up his game? Well, because that's right. The picture we have in our head, I would have a great life if only you would be the way I want you to be. (laughs) And, you know, fill in the blank of who you is. You as the spouse, you as your kid, you as your your mother-in-law, you as your boss. Yeah. I would be a great worker if you'd be a better boss. I'd be a great wife if you were a better husband. Um, I would be able to do all for you that you want if you would only communicate with me. Mm. So the part that I guess that I, I would, um, to me, the critical piece, and I mean critical from both points of view, um, is in a, our attempt to match the world as it is with the quality world or the ideal world picture in our head, we try to change the other person. And that's always doomed for failure. Always. Yeah. And, and why? So we can, because we, the funny thing well, is, is it is doomed, but we, we seem to, in every relationship, we see the problems out there, usually. It's a very common paradigm. And we actually think because we have the power to change that. Right. And but, if, if you loved me enough, you would change. Yeah. Oh, that's another yeah, great that's one. The, that's the other layer that we put on top of it. And then the the piece that happens even all by yourself, he didn't change, therefore that must mean he doesn't love me. Right. I mean, all this, we make up a lot of drama, <laughs> um, which may make for a more interesting life, but it doesn't make for a happier life, and it certainly doesn't make for a happier relationship. And it seems... Um, so it, what I would say is, it's okay, whatever your expectations are, whether they're low, too low, just right, or too high... Um, okay, keep your expectation, but don't don't lay it on the other person to match your expectation. Oh, that's huge. That's the part that's, that's doomed right. for failure. And so, so give us some examples as as an expert. What are signs that your expectations are out of sorts? That they're probably not realistic because. I can argue, you know, my mother and father did it, my aunt and grandma, all these, we can say all the history we have, but how do I know if my expectations with others or of others, if they're not aligned to reality? Well, part, part of it is, you know, kind of like how many years have you been into this relationship and you're still waiting for that thing that, that hasn't changed? <laughs> well, but we've had a hard first 20 years. I was expecting it around 15. So so, so you're saying if it's not happening, if it's not changing, be realistic. It's probably not going to change. Probably not. However, then the question is, then, then you get to make a, one of three decisions. Either accept it as it is and now actually fall in love or maybe just get to know who this person actually is instead yeah. of the picture you have in your head of you, who you want this person to be. You, that actually can revitalize a, a relationship 
maybe that's 20 years old because you've never actually had a relationship with this person. Yeah. You had a relationship with the person that you want this person to be. Isn't that um, amazing? <laughs> but what happens when you actually um, fall in love with who they really are? Or you're yeah, actually you, just okay with them being them? That's powerful. Right. Then you, then you accept it. And, or, then, or you walk away and say, oops, you have shown me who you are after 20 years. And it's either so much that, that I'm not willing to stay in this relationship or I am willing to stay in this relationship, but if I want my communication um, to be satisfied, it's not going to be with you. It will be with somebody else. Mm-hmm. Or I decide I'm going to change. I'm going to change. Yeah. So those are the, really the only three choices you have. So uh, but understand but it. <laughs> Go ahead. Understand and accept it. Yeah. Understand and accept it. Um, Change Don't change your expectation of them. Keep your expectation. Just don't get it satisfied through them. Yeah. Or change yourself. It seems like if you – it's the gap between what you keep expecting, whether realistic or unrealistic, and the delivery that causes your pain. Exactly. And it's all and, – and, and that we did all by ourselves. Yeah. Oh, no, he didn't. No, 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 no. It wasn't me, Nancy. It was because he won't pull his head out and do what I tell him to do. I understand. So if he did, uh, how would your life be different? Let's just imagine we had that magic wand and we Mm -hmm. could change it. Now who are you going to be? Yeah, then it would be different. A happy, uh, engaged, uh, enthusiastic person in a relationship. Okay, so how about if we go for you being a happy, engaged, enthusiastic person? participant in this relationship, whether they change or not. Yeah. It's like... Um, this way, I mean, it's, it's so easier. It's so much easier. I mean, P.S., way easy for me to say it. Oh, sure. Way hard to do. Come on, Nancy. Way hard to do. <laughs> it's, uh, I, I see that a lot. If, um, if somebody had a head injury, you know, rolled over in their car, had a head injury, was in the hospital forever, in a coma, and then they came out and they were unable to communicate as effectively, kind of like we're describing with this woman who wants her husband to communicate better, you you wouldn't expect him to change as much. You would just right. kind of go do it. You, you would go find the joy and the peace and you'd love him unconditionally. But it's, hopefully. It, but, yeah, hopefully, <laughs> huh, to be kind of healthy. But I guess if um, we should be able to just say, look, this isn't happening, and so how do I, how can I be happier in the condition of a husband that just doesn't share it? And interestingly, it seems like what you're kind of saying is if I would change and just be more pleasant and be more happy, that actually might even influence him to communicate more. It might, but to do it in with the hope that that's going to change him also dooms you. <laughs> yeah, right. Yeah, it sets <laughs> but, you up so, for more I mean, expectations. Right. There's, but there often is... Uh, if that other person would change, then I could, I would be, I could do. Uh, so just eliminate the middleman <laughs> and go right to the who you would be. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. But then if I eliminate the middleman, I've only got myself to blame. Hello. <laughs> I want to blame well, him. Really, I know, Matt, but I do, I truly don't think that people, um, I, you know, I don't, I don't think people are looking for the person to blame. Right. I think that they're frustrated and they don't understand it. There really is the belief that my my happiness is dependent upon the actions reactions of the other person. Yeah. Not that I'm I'm <laughs> I do it to myself. I do whatever the it is. I do happiness to myself. I do anger to myself. I do frustration to myself. All the other person is doing is doing their life. 
Yeah. Um, and how I react to it is, is, is really what I'm doing to myself. I just had a pretty significant conversation with a friend yesterday. Um, and she was uh, talking to me about this um, fellow who's, who, who is a friend of hers. And she's so frustrated. And this isn't the first time she's mentioned her frustration that she's had with this fellow. That she just, every time she reaches out and expects, he doesn't get back to her. Mm-hmm. And he doesn't get back to her for a while. Now, this isn't a romantic relationship. This is a friendship friendship. Yeah. Um, and, and she just said, you know, she was just so frustrated. And, and truly, she gets this stuff. She teaches this stuff. She understands this stuff. Um, but one of the things I said is that, you know, Shelley, he's shown you who he is consistently. And you keep hoping he's going to be different. And he never is. He, yeah. he really does. He's true to who he really is. I mean, it was like I smacked her in the head. And I didn't do it on purpose. Yeah. I wasn't doing it in a cruel way. But she said, oh, my gosh, that's right. That's who I'm he is. Waiting for him to be, I'm waiting for him to be the friend to me than I am to him. Oh, wow. He'll never change to be the friend. I need to accept him as the friend he is. Ding, 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 ding. Holy cow. Totally. <laughs> Isn't that amazing, though? It's kind of like and it, it, everything had to just... I mean, it takes a while to get that, it's, and you can't sometimes right. recognize that until you're ready to recognize that. That's right. That's right. That, so to look in the mirror, you know, it, it's not – actually, it's one of the reasons that she and I are friends, because she often holds the mirror, a mirror up for me as well. Yeah. Because just because we get it – I mean, I know, Matt, you teach this stuff all the time, but I know you fall, fall into this trap oh, as well. Every hour. <laughs> every day of my life. It's, yeah. It's easier if you would change to make it better rather than me having to change. Yeah, no, exactly. Oh, Nancy, see what you're doing. You get it. We're, I want and because we do the same thing with our kids. And, I, and when we come back, I think Absolutely. I want to have you get into that as well. Because as we parent, okay, we have a ton of unrealistic expectations for our kids. As well. Absolutely, we want them to be Absolutely. perfect like us. We're taking yeah. a break. <laughs> We're talking with Doctor Nancy Buck. She's she's teaching us uh, just the power of going straight over the middleman to yourself. Start dealing with your own emotions, your own expectations, your own pain sometimes. We're going to come back with Nancy, get more into managing our expectations. This is the Matt Townsend Show on BYU Radio. The Appleseed, tellers and stories with host Sam Payne will premiere September 2nd at 2 p.m. Eastern on BYU Radio. Are there any shows you missed? Want to listen to again or share with a friend? Then check out our BYU Radio YouTube channel for episodes of all your favorite shows. And don't forget to subscribe. With the Parent Previews Movie Guide, I'm Rod Gustafson. Audiences may experience their own paranoia after watching this film about corporate spying and espionage. It's hard to know who to believe, or worse yet, who to trust in this PG-13 rated drama. Fired from his job at one of the world's top technology companies, Adam Cassidy is hired back as a corporate spy to find out the trade secrets of the competition. But he soon learns no one can make a move in this wired world without someone knowing. And this is Emma. She's spearheading the marketing on our new uh, smartphone, Akura. Watch out for her. She's one of those Ivy Leaguers. Princeton. Yale, actually. How did you know I went to Yale? I was on Facebook or something. Uh, so much for privacy. 
privacy. Absolute myth, no such thing. Yes, it is Harrison Ford's gravelly voice you hear. Audiences can expect brief, strong language and profanities, along with some depictions of sexual activity and innuendo. Even white-collar crime becomes brutal when it involves beatings and murder. Supposedly touting the dangers of greed and revenge, paranoia unfortunately doesn't do a great job of discouraging the next generation from buying into the same kind of crimes committed by their corporate predecessors. Helping parents make confident cinema choices, this is the Parent Previews Movie Guide. Welcome back, kids, to the Matt Townsend Show. We're talking unrealistic expectations. Dr. Nancy Buck is joining us. Uh, you can find her on the website, uh, and the organization she founded is called Peaceful Parenting Inc. All you got to go do is go to her website, peacefulparenting.com. Get some ideas about, uh, you know, human developments. She's a developmental psychologist. She's an educator, a registered nurse. She's a parenting coach. Dr. Nancy Buck does it all, plus she helps us on the Matt Townsend Show manage our mismanaged expectations. Nancy, thank you for coming back. You're welcome. We really, uh, we 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 kind of we and parents do this maybe worse than even husband wife partners. I, I guess it's just a human thing that we don't. We want to change people, but as a parent, if I keep telling my child um, that they're they're not good enough, and I keep trying to manage them instead of my expectation of them, it seems like I'm telling my kids something I maybe don't mean to tell them. Yeah. It's it's actually it's profound, um, and and you know usually parents aren't that callous right. to say you're not good enough, you're not smart enough. But you could be so much um, better. Right, that's right. We do it. We that's how we do it yeah, in that the, kind the of subtle way. Um, you know, well, you know, are you are you doing all that you can do in school? Are you sure you're you're uh, that your teacher says you're not uh, working up to your expectation? That one actually. I chose to choose to be driven crazy by that particular Did you? case because um, it's well, it's so unfair. How you how do you know what my expectations are? Yeah. and maybe uh, or my, my uh, I may be living up to as as high as I want to be in this particular subject. Mm-hmm. Maybe I don't care about this subject, but give me another subject and I might soar to the you know to the moon and back. Right. Um, and one of the things that happens because children. Are are still obviously developing and evolving and creating the picture they have of who they are as a human being, and when they they know they're not stupid, they get it that somehow I'm disappointing mom, I'm disappointing dad, and usually what happens then is it doesn't um, harm the relationship between the child and the parent, it harms the relationship the child has with himself oh, or with herself. Yeah, right. So. Because uh, they don't see I'm, themselves. I, I, like, yeah. Is it they? They, they kind of see themselves as inadequate. Is that what it is? Exactly. Exactly. Uh-huh. Um, yeah, it's just uh, you know. I could. We don't mean to be that way. We don't no, want to no, do that. No, no. But it's just what. No, it's kind of the. It's a byproduct. We want to help inspire. We want to inspire our children. We want them to be able to grow up and be a responsible person and respectful mm-hmm. person. We want to make sure that they can clean their room, so that when they grow up, they have a clean room and a clean house. We want to make sure that that they. I mean, we do it for very good reasons. It's just the intention of it is really, really harmful and yeah. way more harmful 
you know, in a, in a spouse relationship, as painful as that is, if I'm in a relationship with somebody who continues to abuse me emotionally that way, mm-hmm. I can walk away. But a child can't. A no. child won't. In fact, what that, as I said, usually the damage that occurs is not between the, re- the relationship between parent and child. It's the, re- the child's relationship with herself. Oh, that is... Um, so, yeah, it, I, I, you know, sorry, I didn't mean to go right to the heart, wow. but it does. Well, it? thanks for bringing the whole show down, Nancy. <laughs> I don't know how we're going to recover from that, but whatever. <laughs> well, you could have some more <laughs> online uh, dating questions. <laughs> yeah. Hey, let, in fact, let's throw yeah, this out. If anybody has a question for Nancy, so here, here we're talking to one of the great parenting coaches around, this is your chance. If you have been trying to kind of influence your children, but you don't want to damage their sense of worth and value the rest of their life, give us a call and Nancy will answer your questions. 1-855-CHAT-BYU. 1-855-CHAT-BYU. Give us a call. We'll let you talk to Nancy and uh, she'll answer your questions for you. Again, if you get on, we will give you um, a copy of, of one of the books from one of our guests. Um, but Nancy, let's go back to a few more of these, um, kind of unrealistic expectations. Like I notice as a parent, um, I, I actually expect that my children would listen to me. Yep. <laughs> Am I crazy? Yeah. I mean, and I expect like well, that they should course, do it just cause I'm the dad. Of course. But you expect it and you've expected this all, all your life and all of their lives. And tell me Matt, is it working? Not so much. Unless I yell. Really? If I yell, I get their attention. The, uh, oh, well, are they listening to you or no, are they just looking at They're you? just afraid. <laughs> and Right. So are they still or aren't listening to you? But now tell me, how old are your kiddos? Uh, 20 down to 9, 8. Yeah. And I would, P.S., I would tell you it's the in-between ones. Yeah. The 14, 15, 16. They act like they're not listening to you. Yeah. But That's they're so true. all listening to you. No, they are. And they always have. Yeah. They always have. Yeah, they and, do. And you didn't even you, but you never set out the expectation. I expect you're going to listen to me, and I expect you're going to listen to me and hear every word I say and obey everything I'm going to say, right. everything I'm going to ask you to do. You didn't do that. Uh-uh. You you get you you developed it. Actually, <laughs> I could go back to the uh, online dating, but you did. You developed a relationship, a respectful relationship, where you listen to them and they listen to you. That's where and the so, power comes you, from. The relationship. Yeah. That's exactly right. So you expected it because you expected you were going to have a loving relationship with this baby that evolved into a child that's evolving into a young adult. Right. Of course they listen to you. Again, you know, there's those wonder years of 14, 15, or, well, actually can go anywhere from 13 to 17 where they act like they're not listening. Yeah. But that's part of how they get their sense of power. Yeah, they're pretending. And, of course, it drives their parents. And the, and, and the parents do feel powerless because mm-hmm. they're not listening to me. Well, and again, one of the things that parents often to say to me, oh, I want my children to listen. Here's this information. They're listening. They're just not agreeing. Yeah. Those are two different things. <laughs> Isn't that, see, there's another expectation because we do expect that if, you know, you would agree, hello, I'm your father. Of course you'd agree, right. but you can That's you right. can agree to disagree agreeably. That's a kind of universal <laughs> expectation. We should be able to do that. Yeah. Right. And and if we if our parents don't teach us how to do it, how are we ever going to learn? Mm-hmm. Um, so we if we can teach them that early on when they get to the wonder years, um, they do it less painfully. <laughs> yeah. What I love about kind of this approach is instead of me demanding or so demanding would be the verbal aggressively me getting supposedly what I deserve. Um, 
or the unrealistic or just me having an expectation of of thinking it should happen you're saying the the way you get something to happen is you relate you engage you communicate instead of just assuming um in, intending or hoping absolutely so it's and, actually I mean, an action a- it's it's a it's it's an earned it thing you're saying. It's not just a given thing per se. I mean, I guess it's given after you've earned it. Well, and and but how do you how do you give it? Uh, you know, again, another question I get from parents is, you know, I, I, my child has has, uh, has broken my trust. Uh, they have to earn it back. No, they don't. Right. No, they don't. Your job is to trust your children. You're the one who invited them into the world. They didn't say, "Can I come in, please?" So <laughs> that's a great point. But, I mean, I, that's a, I, I'm sorry, I'm taking a slight right turn on that one. What I would say is that you can have the expectation. The expectation is that I will treat you with honor and respect, and I will, and I ask that you do the same with me. Hmm. And from there, everything then gets wide open, so that there is no me laying on expectation. Now, again, it's easy for me to say that. That doesn't mean it to operationalize that. That always happens. No. So again, you know, my children are are actually not so young adults anymore. They're and they're they're both fathers themselves, um, and I do still have an expectation that I'll talk to them. That they, you know, may occasionally ask me a question, and if they do, I'll give it to them. I'll right. give them my answer. But I don't expect that just because I've given them the answer, they're going to follow my suggestion. Um, and I also. Don't expect they're going to want my advice if they haven't asked for it. Mm. So that is part of what's going on in my head. But I never sat down and said, okay, let's work this out. How are we going to be with each other right. as adults now in this relationship? Well, I guess maybe um, that is part of the issue, huh? Because we don't usually formalize it in this set of rules and overt expectations and bylaws. We just kind of wing it. Right. right. And, 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 we, and often because there are children that live with us, we expect they're going to have the same ideas and pictures in oh, their yeah. head that we do. There's the expectation. I mean, if they thought, if they had a brain, of course they'd think like we do. <laughs> See how we just keep throwing those out there. It's... I know. It is absolutely true. When my mother was um, elderly and living with me, one of the things that she said to um, my sister, her other daughter, is, if Nancy serves me one more chicken, I'm going to start clocking like a hen. <laughs> well, clearly, I was not meeting her expectation yeah. of what she wanted me to serve for dinner. You were trying That's to kill her, Nancy. It. <laughs> yeah, it's funny. And then that was a ne- that had never probably been stated or formally discussed. <laughs> no. Are we giving you too much chicken, Mom? She would love... She would love all the foods I was making because where did I learn to make the foods that That's I right. made from her? <laughs> you and almost of course, killed I didn't her with say chicken. To her, but I thought if I have to eat one more piece of ham, I'm going to start oinking like a pig. Yeah. And I thought to myself at the time, I actually thought I think we might have laughed about it. You know, I have no idea that you you eat as much pig as you eat, and I, you had no idea I ate as much chicken as I ate. Isn't so okay, it? hello, it's nice to meet you. Have we ever met before? <laughs> Hi, Mom. Uh, Good stuff. We're talking with Nancy Buck all about unrealistic expectations, managing some of these expectations, communicating, for heaven's sakes, and uh, clarifying and understanding that your power may be coming more from you moving and becoming more effective than maybe it is from getting someone else to do what you expect them to do. We're going to take a break. We're going to come back. We'd love to have your questions for Nancy. 1-855-CHAT-BYU. 1-855-CHAT-BYU. What questions do you have for a great parenting coach? Dr. Nancy Buck will be back with us right after this break. You're listening to Matt Townsend on BYU Radio.
KBYU-FM, HD2, Provo. Listen to Notes from the Kennedy Center for insights from scholars, diplomats, and world leaders. I found that if we get together, if we share our strengths, if we pool our knowledge, if we get a very clear, simple focus and try to do something quite simple, that even those few simple actions which seem so little can have an extraordinary impact. Weekdays at 2 p.m. Eastern here on BYU Radio. This is Sam McCall for BYU Radio News. Once again, Congress looks like it will have to raise the debt ceiling in order for the country to continue paying its bills, according to Treasury Secretary Jack Lew. Republicans are already gearing up for another showdown demanding spending cuts in exchange for raising the ceiling. The massive wildfire near Yosemite National Park in California is burning into its 10th day. It is now one of the largest fires seen in the state for decades. The flames are moving steadily closer to the reservoir, which provides most of San Francisco's water. Former NSA contractor Edward Snowden found himself stuck in Moscow today after almost being allowed to board a flight to Cuba. Due to pressure from U.S. authorities, Cuban leaders decided at the last minute to block Snowden from coming. He's been granted a one-year asylum in Russia. So far, graduating college seniors may have to deal with another hurdle before graduation this year as a new standardized test is being implemented. The test is meant to help employers compare the abilities of graduates from different schools. New Jersey officials announced plans to build a storm-resilient grid for the state's transit system today. Supporters of the project say it's important to build smart as the state continues to rebuild after Superstorm Sandy. In world news, while en route to investigate the possible use of chemical weapons in Syria, United Nations investigators were fired upon by unknown snipers. Meanwhile, Syrian regime President Bashir Assad continues to deny the claims against him, saying he would not authorize such devastating attacks in areas where his own troops could be. U.S. Secretary of State John Kerry laid the groundwork for a potential military response in Syria today, saying there is nothing more serious facing the U.S. and the international community than the possible use of chemical weapons by Syrian forces. Kerry also warned President Obama feels those who would use such weapons must be held accountable. That's the news to the top of the hour. For BYU Radio, I'm Sam McCall. Welcome back, everybody, to the Matt Townsend Show. Today, we are talking about unrealistic expectations. Think about it. In your marriage, with your children, in your life, um, you know, do you feel like you have expectations that aren't necessarily realistic? Do you expect your partner to do certain things, to maybe play a certain role, you know, cooking a meal every day? As, as our own Skyboy called it, cooking a meal when you throw something in the microwave that's frozen. Whoa, crock pot. Or crock pot that was made by his mother or set aside for, by a company, and he needed to put it in the crock pot and pour water on it. Eight hours before it yeah. was to be eaten. Yeah, again, it takes it took a lot you three minutes, time. eight hours before. Man, <laughs> Sky, it's not cooking. That's crocking. That's a crock. Hey, it works. That's why they call it a crock pot because it's was a crock. That was the best meal we had. No, they're great week. meals. Let's yeah. not kid. Yeah. There's nothing better than a crock pot meal. But it's a crock if you think that's cooking. 
You're so funny, Matt. I, I just I don't know what to do. Anyone else that uses a crock pot is more close to cooking, but yours was just a frozen bundle of nugget mania, deliciousness yes. that was frozen by a company, and your mom purchased it as a meal. But let's not forget it's the like corn a, on the cob. You keep forgetting the, the corn on the, the cob. The corn on the cob. Yes. Again, you'll you'll earn that yeah. one because you're an Iowa boy. Um, so we're talking expectations, and our, our, we have a wonderful guest. Dr. Nancy Buck is joining us. She's the founder of PeacefulParenting.com. She's the author of a recently published book, How to Be a Great Parent, also Peaceful Parenting, and also a blogger for Psychology Today, Ph.D. in Developmental Psychology. So if any of you are out there wondering what is going on with my kids, this is the, que- this is the day to call in, one eight five five chat byu one eight five five chat BYU and Nancy will answer all your questions. She'll fix your children. Everyone will fly straight, and um, love will be again brought to the earth. So, Nancy, welcome back to the program. <laughs> I think I'm happy to be here. Man, we just set you up. You better not blow <laughs> that, Nancy, <laughs> or love has left the earth again. So, okay, here's a question for you, Nancy, and this isn't even a child psychology, uh, developmental psychology question. This is. Marital, human needs. Is it possible, do you sense, for one partner to meet all of their partner's needs? And is that what we should be going for? Is Because I've heard so many times a partner say, well, of course you're going to want to walk with me. Of course you're going to want to talk with me. Of course you're going to want to deal with all of my pains with me all day, answer my questions, and fix the light bulb in the bathroom. Happily, not just fix it, but fix it happily and joyfully. <laughs> yeah, right, exactly, like, and like it. Yeah, <laughs> just like Skyway has got a crock happily and <laughs> that's exactly a complaint or or an upset. That's um, right. <laughs> no, it's not. Well, so here, I mean, if you're going to talk about basic needs, so I have a different point of view, and that is that we're born with these psychological urges or needs for safety, love, power, fun, freedom, and that our job, each of us, has the job as well. We call it a job, but we're driven from birth until death uh, to meet those needs for safety, love, power, fun, freedom, and that we usually do it in relationships with others and relationships with self. Mm. Now, there are, so isn't it wonderful when you have a relationship with someone who you are able to meet your needs for safety, love, power, fun, freedom with that person? Awesome. Um the other piece is that you want to, we, we want to learn how to do that responsibly and respectfully. And that, again, that's often what happens with kids who are, quote, misbehaving. They're just trying to meet their needs. They don't know how to do it responsibly and respectfully. So rather than trying to fix the behavior, our job is to help them learn how to do it responsibly mm. and respectfully. Yeah. However, usually people have greater breadth and depth to whom, who they are than being able to meet all of their needs with only one person, always and forever, and in no other way. Um, I, I think that's a good thing. Yeah. Because <laughs> if you if you you would never you know we would all be coupling all the time and nothing would really happen in the yeah. world. Um, <laughs> well, and, and people are so much more yeah, complex than that, right? I mean, it's not that's like right. that's right. We don't just have that's five right. needs. Really, we have dozens of needs and abilities and timings and interference we have all these things and right and passions and interests Mm -hmm. now the other thing is that we all don't have the same um level or strength of need so if i'm a person who has a very high need for for freedom and i'm matched with somebody who has a very high need for love and belonging that can be a real problem oh yeah 
because I want to be with that person all the time, and or whoever, the love person wants right. to be with that person all the time. And the freedom person says, I love being with you, honey, but I need to have a little bit of my space. Daddy needs a break. So, right. Exactly. So that's part, actually part of what you do see. I have the expectation that, of course, you're going to want to be with me and, and, and uh, you know, be truly grateful and thankful for it all the time. And the other person says, yeah, but I also want to have my night out with other people that I also enjoy. Yeah. So negotiating and managing that very need, strength, or desire is certainly part of what happens in any relationship. That's powerful. Um, I mean, it yeah, really is it, a it, core it, it to being really able is. to do it, to partner, to truly partnering is to understand what your partner needs and then become, I guess, independent enough to be okay with them having some space and time and being independent enough to maybe being present with your partner more than you might feel you need to. Exactly. That, that is what a relationship is. It's not me getting what I want all the time or you getting what you want all the time. It's us wanting to, have to, uh, to sacrifice, if that's the word, right. for the sake of the relationship. Because me, it cannot be more important than the relationship. Now, sometimes the relationship can't be more important than me either. Yeah. So you need to fight for and work for the relationship as much as I'm fighting for and working for the relationship, which is why the very first question you asked me, it is work. This doesn't come naturally. Yeah. It just doesn't. The time it's most likely to come naturally is a mother with an infant, <laughs> because that's that is the one human being who often, not always, sadly, but often is willing to sacrifice her own needs for the very survival and needs satisfaction of right. the infant. But the good news for the mother is the infant doesn't stay an infant forever. Mm-hmm. Because we, we don't want to tolerate that either. We have our own needs. Yeah. Um, and if we're only doing that for the child, then we, we, we begin to resent the child. And that, and that doesn't develop into a healthy relationship either. It's it's um, interesting. But that really is part of what happens. Oh yeah, and you can so see it. Got, if you've got somebody with a high need for fun, and they're partnering with somebody with a high need for safety, that could be a big mismatch. <laughs> totally. I think I co- I think I coached them yesterday because it it really is. I mean, and it's almost like, um, but these opposites that kind of cause the rub in the needs actually gives us all a chance to mature in a more balanced way. Exactly. If you'll allow it versus trying to force the other to be you or be like you. Exactly. So the, the, the thing that I was thinking during the break is that probably if we could strive not for no expectation, mm-hmm. as my uh, one of my teachers said, but rather my, the only expectation I have is that if your expectation is different from my expectation, that we work out how to be respectfully working that out. Yeah. And that's that, so that my expectation is we will care enough about each other to work it out. That's yeah. powerful. And, and it seems like, so that's just a couple. If you look at that, that's just kind of a marriage relationship or a couple. Um, now add a child to that. And then the right. expectations that each parent might have for a child, that talk right. about complicated. And for, for those of you who have more than one child, oh. yada, yada, yada. Yeah. And if it's a boy child versus a girl child. Mm-hmm. Well, yeah, because and then the kids are sitting there screaming, you didn't Timmy didn't have to do this. Right. Why do I have to do it? So now you're like, right. you're supposed to treat everyone exactly the same when in reality that won't work either. Exactly right. This is complicated. It is. Man. And you also have the expectation. Look, 
it depends. But, you know, my expectation is I will parent as well as my parents did. Or, or better, I have the expectation bit. that I'll never parent the way my parents parented. Mm. And I don't even know what your expectations are as we start out as a couple before we become parents. Because we didn't really know that that was an issue until all of a sudden the kid's there. And that's now, right. oh my gosh, you mean you're not going to do what my mother said was the right thing to do? I don't know if that's the way. I, if you and I could should really be in this relationship together, Matt. Yeah. I almost <laughs> I almost wouldn't trust anything that you thought you th- were going to do until you've had a kid. Once you've had a kid right. and they're, they're really testing you in all these different ways – you sometimes have no clue, um, hypothetically, what you're going to do until you're in yeah. it, and you're, and then you're two or three deep in it. <laughs> and you're like, okay, I give yeah. up, whatever. Let it them is, fight. Let the kids fight it out. Being a grandparent, though. <laughs> yeah. This is why you have the site Peaceful Parenting, isn't it? It is partly. <laughs> and, and then no wonder being a grandparent is so attractive, because then you can just kind of grab well, your bag and like, yep, we're out of here. We're going to take exactly. a break. When it gets, exactly. When it gets too deep and I'm too confused and I'm too overwhelmed, I just say, okay, here, Mommy. Okay, here, Daddy. Grandma has to go now. <laughs> Grandma's got to leave. Grandma's, grandma's heart rate's racing. Oh, I think that's, you know, that's, it, it's complicated. And I guess in the end, it's in this complexity that we, I guess we feel enough pain, but we also, this is what sets us up maybe for the joy when we can kind of push through some of this? Uh, yeah. I mean, again, if, if life is pretty boring, if the person that you're in, in, in a constant relationship with thinks exactly the same way you do, wants exactly what you want, uh, has the same expectations, and arrives at life the same way that you do, now, it's not totally horribly bad. I mean, the closest to that I can see of that are identical twins. Mm. And as you may recall, my sons aren't identical twins. However, they still do have their moments of disagreement. They're not the exact same person. Mm, right. Too. But they, co- they come as close as I can imagine. Yeah. But, it, but part of what enables us to grow and to um, see the world beyond where we started is somebody, we're faced with somebody and some situation that is different from us. So that's an okay thing. I may have an expectation that I'm going to talk with you today on the radio, and you may have an expectation. Nope, you're going to do all the talking, and I'm going to give one-word answers. That would be challenging. Yeah. I I still think we'd figure it out. We should have tried um, that. (laughs) We'll try that next time, Nancy. The next time I'm not going to tell you what we expect. I'm just going to start throwing stuff at you. You're going to do that, but you're going to let me know in advance which way I'm going. <laughs> no, I'm not going to let you. See, that's part of the fun. I want to see you squirm, Nancy. I want. I don't want you to know what I want. Is it? But that's kind of how we handle our parenting, huh? We don't ever sit down and right. get the clarity. The neat thing I like about a radio show is there is at least some production. There's some pre-work and there's some thought usually to a lot of this chaos. Right. But right. in parenting, we just kind of wing it. And then we're surprised. There's another expectation. Then we're surprised that it's not flawless. Well, actually, the surprise should go in reverse, that it works as well as it does. So go back to the question you asked before. You expect that your children are going to listen. Of course you do. You expect that your children are mostly going to follow the rules that you establish. Of course you do. You expect that your children are going to be respectful and loving. Of course you do. And P.S., they expect the same thing back back from you. And the good news is none of us sat down and said, okay, here's the contract, right. and here's the compact we're entering into. 
Um, that's a, that's <laughs> well, it actually is kind of miraculous. It works as well as it does. It really is, and <laughs> um, and so consistently, and so consistently yeah. over time, we're we're doing a lot better than we think. Maybe it's just that we, when we're deep in the hole and we're dying, we it distorts us. Well, and the, and we are not as aware of the differences. Sorry, we're not as aware of expectations even being present until they're different expectations. That's true. That's when so you run you into don't it. Even yeah. Know, you don't even know that your expectations are for your kids are the same as your expectations that your kids are, are of you and that your wife. I mean, it, it's, yeah. it's all happening relatively seamlessly. That's um, true. It's, not, it's only when you expect your kid's going to now follow the curfew and she's reached that golden age where she realizes you can't make her. Yeah. And so she doesn't follow the curfew anymore. Oops. Here we now go. Now we have a different expectation. That's and, and that's the jolt. It's like, to me, it seems like, you know, walking off a curb when you don't know you're walking yeah. off a curb. It's pretty jarring. Yeah. And, right. I mean, and hopefully it's just a curb. Sometimes yeah. it is a cliff. Yeah, yeah. Um, huh. <laughs> but it is helpful. And again, as you say to uh, people you're coaching all the time, you know, have more realistic expectations. I say to parents all the time, you, you're, you're not in control now. You've never been in control. So when you reach that point in your, in your life with your child where your child suddenly realizes you can't make them, don't be surprised. Because the only reason you had any sense of control is they gave you the illusion. They went along with it. They went Ooh. along with it. But one day they're going to stop. And when they stop, don't be surprised. That is scary. You're telling me I don't have control, which I know I don't, but then I like to pretend I do. And then you're saying you're not going to notice you didn't have control until you really don't have control. Exactly. Usually when they're teenagers, when it's scarier. Yeah. Oh, yeah. But that's great. I mean, that really is kind of a a cool expectation to manage. Are you okay with not having control? Now, you have influence, but you don't have the reins, right? So the reins go to the agent. The agent in charge would be the child. Absolutely, you can influence, but they're and the choice. In right, and as you pointed out, in a in a marital relationship, you don't have the reins of the other. Mm. You only have the reins of you. Uh, they have their reins on their side. Love uh, that's that's why you eliminate general. the middleman. You say so. Don't quit yeah. trying to quit trying to pretend like there's a middleman that you can be the middleman on the relationship. Turn the reins over to who they belong to, and maybe take your role as an influencer, not as the controller. Right. It, it, that, but again, way easier said than done. Yeah, always. The numbers of times that I that I would uh, say to my husband, "Please make the bed." If when I'm out of town, I don't care if you make the bed or you don't. Yeah. But when I'm, you know, I'm coming back into town, please make the bed. I just like getting into a made bed, and the numbers of times he never did. It's kind of it. It was kind of incredible to me. <laughs> Not that he didn't do it, but that I expected it. Yeah. You know what? Here's a trick, Nancy: <laughs> sleeping bags. <laughs> Sleeping bags. It doesn't matter. <laughs> Call me old-fashioned, but a good sleeping bag fixes that. It's, it's always made. Thought, though. It's a great thought, though. I wish I had thought of it then. Yeah. Not a mummy bag, because that'll kill you. Just a big, nice sleeping bag. Nancy Buck, you're the best. We so appreciate you joining us. Really, uh, you're, you're great. Everybody, go check out her website. Um, she's books, Peaceful Parenting awesome book, How to Be a Great Parent, Understanding Your Child's Wants and Needs. And again, if you just go to her her website, peacefulparenting.com, what more do you need to know? You'll get all these ideas, and she'll always clarify, easier said than done. But uh, hey, man, it's at least great to know what should be said. We're talking uh, 
managing our relationships, our unrealistic expectations. Just met with Dr. Nancy Buck, and we'll be back right here on the Matt Townsend Show on BYU Radio. What is the best shape for a robot leg? The answer is C, but it's not multiple choice. This is Innovation Now, bringing you stories of revolutionary ideas, emerging technologies, and the people behind the concepts that shape the future. The Mars Curiosity rover perambulates the red planet on wheels, but are wheels really the best answer to Martian terrain? Georgia Institute of Technology researchers are working on designs for robotic legs that can handle a variety of terrain, from rocks to sandy hills. They call this area of research Terra Dynamics. By using computer simulation and 3D printing to develop numerous versions of leg designs, they've come up with a mathematical model of leg action in sandy soil that makes it fast and easy to see which patterns work best. And the answer appears to be C. That is, a wheel-like leg that curves away from a drive shaft in the shape of the letter C has the best combination of lightweight, good traction, and shock absorption across multiple terrains. A tiny demonstrator bot using the Georgia Tech C-leg shape skitters up a sand dune just like a lizard, where a wheeled vehicle would likely bog down and get stuck. Such miniaturized crawlers could end up in emergency responders' equipment for search and rescue work. And TerraDynamics could help to better understand the locomotion of lizards and kangaroo rats. For Innovation Now, this is Buddy Rubino. Innovation Now is produced by the National Institute of Aerospace through collaboration with NASA and is distributed by WHRV. Visit us online at innovationnow.us. On Highway 89, listen to live music performances as well as interviews with the artists. At one point, you talked about slow practice, but talk oh, about yeah. the concept and, and why that works, how that helps a player. Well, it's something that had a great impact on, on me as a, as a student. Sort of like the zen of, zen of practicing, playing something so incredibly slow that it might take 30 minutes to get through an entire piece. Tune in to Highway 89 weekdays at 10 p.m. Eastern here on BYU Radio. Welcome back, everybody, to the Matt Townsend Show. We're wrapping up the show. We've been talking about unrealistic expectations. And what better way to wrap up the show than taking some Internet questions? Internet asks, Matt answers. Our own Bryce Tobin is joining us. Bryce, how are you, brother? I'm doing fantastic. You've been listening to the show? I have. Did it change you? Um, hold on. We'll see. Okay. The show's not over yet. So you've got some questions from some Internet uh, interwebbers. Interwebbers. Okay. This girl says... I'm obsessed with my significant other's ex. The long and short of it is that she is feeling inadequate because her, which actually, no, hold on. I don't exactly get this because her current, her boyfriend left this other girl to be with her, Mm. which to me, I'd be like, ha ha one. I I did it. Winner. Yo, I'm the one, but apparently it has had quite the opposite effect on her. Um, she says, I don't know if I feel guilty because he left her or if I feel pressured to live up to his expectations, but I constantly feel that I can't possibly be as beautiful, successful, or kind as she was slash is. Hmm. And she says, she also says, on a scale of one to 10, 10 being I sit outside her house with a voodoo doll, I would put my obsession with her uh, at an eight. Whoa. So, I mean, she's a little fourth. She, I mean, you know. Okay. She's got a good head on her shoulders, I guess. Well, apparently does voodoo, too. She's aware. So that's know, kind of that's weird. That's a little weird. That is okay. Little weird. Uh, you know what? The, how do I deal? She's asking, how do I deal with this? You go get help. 
Now, I would say you go get identity of your own that is not contingent on your boyfriend that leaves women for other women while he's got women or red flag, red flag. I mean, part of this is like you may just be deep enough in the relationship to realizing that maybe you could be left too. It could very well be. That's a that's a real concern. That's why that. when we have a relationship start kind of on an affair or an emotional affair, they don't usually work because they're kind of already founded in lack of trust. Kind of like it's making making a mess of a mess yeah. and hoping it won't be messy. Whoa, dude, you need a doctorate. I do. <laughs> if if you could hook me up with one, that would be great. Well, I, they're selling them out of the back they're... of cars left and right. <laughs> Probably get one on the internet. You got another question. I got another good one. All right. If we're talking expectations, I kind of like this one. Okay. I, I, you know. You like this girl? No. Okay. No, I I like this question. Okay. This guy says, I want my wife to drop out of college and work to help repay all of our debt. But he's worried that she will resent him for it and that it will essentially be the end of the marriage. So here's the details. Um, He's 35. She's 39. They've been married for about 10 years. They don't have kids. They both have, or he has a job. Um, he's making, he's making good money about median yeah. for, for one person. Um, between the two of them, they have 70,000 in student loan debt, 6,000 in car loan debt and 20,000 in credit card debt. Wow. So, so financially they're not in the best shape, No, but it's not the worst thing. I mean, they could be dead <laughs> or they could be bankrupt. Right. Um, but it seems like he's crunched the numbers uh-huh. and if she keeps going, if she finishes her, if she stays on track to finish her degree, they're going to be uh, destitute. Yeah. And so he wants to say, okay, could you, could you hold off on that? I know you really want this degree and I know this is, this is really important to you, but if you could just stop and we could just work for a little bit and sort of get our head above water, yeah. could you do that? And it's, it's a real possibility that might be a long-term thing and she may not finish her degree. Right. Um, he wants to know. Is is this going to really mess up? Like, how badly is she going to resent him for this? Now, again, I don't know her. I but, mean, I do. I read the story. Oh, I thought but, you, like, called her. Oh, no. Um, no. Yeah, so here's the deal. Now, notice. So if he, he's got – by the way, it's just a question that makes a lot of sense, and it might be a really good plan. And um, But notice his problem is he's not sure how she'll take it, if she'll buy into it. So based on exactly what Nancy Buck was saying earlier – You're not going to fix this by worrying about it. We're going to have to address it. And so how I would probably address it with the girlfriend is I might not go in shooting my solution, which is you need to quit your school and you need to go start making some money. Yeah, let's not sell her on the get rid of your dream. Don't start with your position of get rid of the dream. Instead, just start with the data and talk about this is the fact. These are the facts. These are the data that we're, we're facing. Our debt is this much. Our debt load is this much. We're getting inundated. It looks like we'll put on this much more debt before we're done. We'll be this far in, and I'm not sure we'll be able to pull out. What do you think we should do? And then I would ask some questions so that this person can start to give feedback on what she thinks should happen. And so you've got her bought into the conversation based on the data. Then I might throw out a position. Maybe one solution is one of us quit school. Is he already quit school? Yeah, he's already done. Then maybe maybe the position <laughs> one, is one of us quit school. One maybe of us, the one who uh, is going I. to school. You quit hint, school. Hint. Okay, hint. So th- then the irony of this is, well, by the way, because she may not have to quit school. Maybe she could just work as well, right? So maybe she could cut her schooling down and work full time. Yeah. Maybe she could find another way to go to school. So don't get caught up in the position because the position might set her off, and then someone may get hurt. Um, 
Instead, just give her the facts, lay it out, and then say, what are we going to do about it? Brainstorm it. Boom. That's it. That's all I got for that. Hey. Another angel. There it is. Yeah. Did you want one more? Sure. All right. You got 10 seconds. All right. I'm going to make this fast. 30 seconds. 30 seconds. Um, This guy says, I've been, me and my wife have been together since high school. Um, He says, I can't really engage in any meaningful, interesting, or altogether very stimulating conversations with her. Often our communication revolves around the daily grind for about 20 minutes a day, and that's enough time for us to cover everything. He says things like, um, I've always been an out-of-the-box thinker who enjoys discussion and debate on any topic. Wow. But my wife, she's more book smart, dot, dot, dot. He said, or he typed I. with e. a condescending yeah. tone. Um, I feel intellectually isolated and alone when it's just her and I. So how can I... Oh, what is this question? Hold on, what is it? Um, I'm becoming more and more depressed, shorter-tempered, and I approach the realization that she's not really going to change much and I need to have... Friends okay. for that intellectual stimulation. What do Holy I do? Holy cow. Okay, by the way, notice um, he's already done. Well, he's so already- in his head. We call that the greener pasture. He's already like, he's moved in, he's fertilizing, he's hanging out in another place. He's already got the green pasture. He also sounds like a jerk. Yeah. Uh, number one, de jerkify. <laughs> Lose the jerk. Number two, um, if you've already moved on, you're just now fulfilling. It's self fulfilling. You're going to make this thing end. Uh, what I'd actually do is I'd probably learn to talk. I wouldn't be so desperate as throwing it all away. I think what we'll find out is you'll still be a jerk in the next relationship. And tell tell his wife, uh, find a less rude husband. Tell, he should recommend she do that. That's some great advice. You know what? Two angels got wings in heaven today. Um, we appreciate you, folks. This is the Matt Townsend Show. We'll be back tomorrow with more tools, solutions, ideas to help you uh, see the good in the world. This is the Matt Townsend Show on BYU Radio. 